Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for MMA Sucker Radio. This is MMA Fight Music Producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to a fantastic edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. As well as our good friends over at LastWordOnSports.com. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Brand, and we've got a wicked, wicked show lined up for you today. Featuring three Bellator 155 fighters. That's right, not one, not two, but three. I will have Rafael Carvalho, the Bellator middleweight champion, on the show to discuss his upcoming fight um, at Bellator 155. The main event against Melvin Manhoff. I'll also have uh, I'll have Pat Curran on the show to discuss his upcoming fight to try and get back into contender status. Talks about the new gym that he's training at. He's taking on Georgie Caracanyan at Bellator 155. And I'll also be talking to Joey Beltran to round out the show. He also fights at 155. Bellator, that is, 155. Returning to heavyweight, actually, which is great. And uh, before I get into the news, I'd like to thank my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com, for all your championship belt needs. BCKimonos.ca, they've got some brand new gear coming out that's artwork done by Choke Brand. Uh, Check it out. It's released on Friday at BCKimonos.ca. Make sure you check out FusionFightGear.com for all your licensed and awesome sort of niche apparel, comic book stuff, Batman, Superman... Uh, oh, they got the goods, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so make sure you check them out for that. And also, floathouse.ca for your sensory deprivation tank needs in the British Columbia, sort of lower mainland area. Now, news this week. We've got a three-event weekend. Legacy FC 55 goes down on Friday, and Bellator 154, UFC 198 both go down on Saturday. Let's talk about Bellator 154 a little bit. Phil Davis versus King Mo in the main event. Andre Fialo versus Rick Reger in the co-main event, which some people might be scratching their heads. Why is that the co-main event? Well, our sort of guest last week, and I have the Storm MMA podcast guest earlier this week, Sergey Karatanov, has been forced out of his bout because of an illness, and his fight in the co-main event has been scrapped. So we're going to have to wait for his Bellator debut just a little bit longer. Also on the main card, Saad Awad will take on Evangelista Cyborg Santos, Adam Piccolotti versus Ray Wood. All that goes down 5 p.m. Saturday night live on Spike TV. Now also on Saturday night, UFC 198, Verdum versus Miocic. Now this one was expected to have quite the main card with Anderson Silva returning to it as well, but he has been forced off the card. He had to undergo surgery, which was successful, which is good, but it sucks that he was forced out of his match with Uriah Hall, and Uriah Hall has been forced off of that card as well. So the main card looks like as follows. Warley Alves versus Brian Barberina to kick things off. Corey Anderson versus Mauricio Shogunhua. Christian Cyborg Justino 
takes on Leslie Smith in her UFC debut. Vitor Belfort versus Ronaldo Jacare Souza. And the main event, as I said before, the heavyweight title is up for grabs. Fabricio Verdum looks to defend that strap against Stipe Miocic. The prelims on Fox have some fantastic fights as well. Matt Brown takes on Damian Maya, Nate Marcourt versus Tiago Santos, Yancy Medeiros versus Francisco Trinaldo, and Rob Font versus John Lineker. This thing is so stacked, this card. I mean, you might look at it on paper and think, oh my god, but you know what? This card is so stacked that the UFC Fight Pass preliminary card has little nog on it. He is so far down the card that he's on Fight Pass. He's taking on Patrick Cummins. So make sure you check that out. UFC 198 on Saturday Night Live on pay-per-view. The prelims on Fox Sports 1 and Fight Pass. Last week we talked about Jordan Parsons and, and how he lost his life at such an early age. Well, his his uh, the guy who was in the hit and run, who hit him and took off, you know, he, he was found, he was arrested. Supposedly he was released on bail. I, I don't know what the hell is wrong with the justice system, but supposedly friends pleaded with the hit and run killer to not drive, and you know what? He did, which sucks. It's brutal for... A guy who's just out there probably jogging, you know, doing his all warm-up and, and all that other stuff and listening to his iPod and, and yeah, I I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's just shitty that the, the justice system is as flawed as it is. Other news this week, one last thing I want to touch on before I get to my guests. Um, reports, you know, there were reports a few months back about the UFC selling and and those re- reports have resurfaced. They've resurfaced again, and a number of different websites have put out these reports. Dana White is refuting those reports, um, but saying that if a $4 billion uh, offer comes in, that obviously they'll look at it. I mean, why, why wouldn't you look at $4 billion? Supposedly there's, there's a few things out there that are saying that if Dana White is at the head, then, then there's not going to be a sale. They're, they're going to try and get rid of him. Who knows? It's it's definitely going to be interesting to see what's going on with the UFC and whether this sale is, is legit or whether it's not. Because what do you think? Do you think the UFC should sell or do you think they should you know, keep running the way they are? Because it could freshen things up if, if they sell or, you know, it, it could also go downhill. If the UFC sells, they could be completely done with. It's, it's They sell to China, which is... The report that's out there, it doesn't look good. So with that, we will get right into my first guest. It is brought to you by FusionFightGear.com. As I said, for all your licensed apparel, check out FusionFightGear.com. Let them know MMA Sucker or Sucker Radio sent you when you're making your purchase. Just make a note on that. They usually ask you who sent you and let them know we did because it, it helps us out a little bit. So without further ado... Crap, why did I say that? I sound like Joe Rogan. So right now, we'll get into my first guest, Rafael Carvalho, fighting at Bellator 155 against Melvin Manhoff. <laughs> Joining me now is the man who holds the Bellator middleweight championship, Rafael Carvalho. Thanks a lot for joining me today, man. Thanks for the opportunity for uh, making this conference with him. Now, I, w- I want to go back a little bit. You fought for Bellator three times now. 
Um, you're, you, you finished two of your opponents, one by split decision. Um, how has your Bellator experience gone thus far, not just inside the cage, but also as, a, as an organization as a whole? I mean, you fought for a number of organizations. So just talk about your experience with Bellator. In, in my career, um, I make the, my fights for um, my target is the big events like a Bellator. And, uh, all all fights I make and is a big event like Bellator. So this fight coming up, Melvin Manhoff, you've uh, you're taking on a guy that has some serious striking power. Uh, he's got some serious K1 experience. You yourself are known as a knockout artist as well. Do you think this thing will hit the mat at all? Yeah, like uh, Mad Max movie. You know, two guys inside the cage, and uh, one guy uh, win. And uh, he say he's made to better fight than uh, Melvin Mahoff. And, uh, and he's, he's know about the, the, the power of the Melvin Mahoff. And uh, he's a kickboxing fight in, uh, in the cage. The crowd like this fight. And I'm prepared for a big fight in the night. Do, do you think that, that Melvin Manhoff deserves this title shot? He's a man for, for him about the, the Melvin deserves or not the title shot because many people say in Rafael uh, don't deserve the this chance, but it's important for him is the Bellator put the opponent from him and I make this fight. It is important for him. Definitely. Now his last opponent, he he knocked out Brandon Halsey in the second round with a body kick that was brutal. Um, the fight before that was a split decision, and in his Bellator debut was a knockout as well. Um, it seems like power is something that Carvalho has behind him in all of his fights. Does the guy train anything other than punching? I am training for the average situation for all the time. Not the best for the fight. I train takedowns, elbows, knees, striking, jiu-jitsu. I am training everything. My, co- my coach training training me for the all situations all the time. I, I'm not training just for the fight. I train all the time. And uh, all the time I'm prepared for the fight in every situation. I am, more, I, I, am, I am prepared. For sure. Now I have to ask, your, the only loss on your, your record was the first fight of your professional career, 2011. You've now gone six years without a loss. Does that weigh on your mind at all, going into these cages and, and thinking, oh my God, what, what's it feel like to lose? And I remember this feeling for the last my fight. And this feeling motivates me to uh, win my own fights. I remember everything about this fight in 2011. And this time, I remember the, 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 my loss. And uh, I am with my motivation and my stamina for my putting you know, training more and you know, finding ways for doing my fights. 
<laughs> well said. Now, the three fights that you fought for Bellator have been in the United States. Uh, what's it like traveling over uh, into the United States rather than fighting in Brazil? I'm not fighting in, in, in USA, but you know, it's, it's a, a dream for, for me fighting in Brazil. Like a, a Melvin and another guy in another way, maybe, I don't know. But it's very important for me fighting in Brazil. Now, just two more things for you here. Um, your last bout was in October of 2015. Why such a long layoff between bouts? But uh, you know, it's a long time uh, I don't fight in the cage, but in Curitiba, Brazil, I'm fighting very close to, to real fights. Because in, in here in Curitiba, in a very tough training, in a very tough and parking training, and I have very, very situations like this fight. Doesn't matter. It's a long, long time. I know fight, but because I, I need to be even situation. This fight, I'm going. I'm going. Sounds good. Now this fight goes down on May twentieth, Bellator one fifty five against Melvin Manhoff. Rafael, when would we like to see you back inside the cage after this fight? I know you don't obviously like to look too far ahead um, and past your upcoming opponent, but I'm sure you'd like to get back inside the cage before the end of 2016. In a everything situation, in, a, in, a, in the, before the fight, it's good for him because it's very hard for him to train. Our situation in training is very hard, but you know, before the training, it's very good for him, interviews, and uh, the people, the crowd, and uh, make an answer for him, and uh, everything is good, because it's the training stuff and hard. And uh, I like this situation, our situations about it um, before the fight in Bellator. Rafael, good luck on the 20th. Can't wait to see you get back inside the cage against Melvin Manhoff, Bellator 155. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, I appreciate it. Joining me now is a man who will take on Georgie Caracanyan at Bellator 155. Pat Curran joined Sucker Radio for the very first time. Pat, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me. Now... A big fight you got lined up at Bellator 155, but let's go back a little bit. Um, Bellator has been your home for quite some time now. You've gone through the eras of uh, Scott Coker and the former predecessor, uh, Bjorn Rebney. How have you seen things change um, during that whole process? You know, with, uh, with Scott Coker being involved, he's definitely putting on a lot of, uh, a lot of super fights bringing in a lot of um, different talents outside of, of, um, of Bellator. And, yeah, he's, he's a super fight to bring in a lot of attention and, and a, lot of, um, a lot of viewers to, uh, to Bellator. So, and on top of that, we're signing a lot of, uh, a lot of UFC guys um, now as well. So, so I feel like we're, uh, we're continuously growing and, and, and bettering ourselves. So do you agree with the direction it's going? You like the direction it's going now in comparison to the way Bjorn had it going? 
you know, I'm, I was a big fan of the uh, the tournament format, and and um, you know, I went through two of, two of them myself. So uh, you know, I loved it back then, but you know, you got to accept change, and and um, you know, I don't I don't see any harm harm in it at all. I mean, we're getting a lot of attention and a lot of viewers, and you know, that's that's all that really matters. Saying that you're a fan of the tournament, I know Scott's done, you know, one night tournaments in the past and stuff like that. Is some is that something that you would be a fan of doing in the future if if it was presented to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, right now I like to uh, get back to a, a title shot and um, you know become a, a world champion again. But I'm I'm very open to um, doing another tournament. Um, no matter where it's at, uh, yeah, I definitely be uh, interested in that. Now, you lost your title back in 2014 to Patric- Patricio Freire. Um, then you followed that up with a split decision loss to Daniel Veitchel. Did you agree with that decision, the split decision? I mean, it was a very close fight. Yeah, I, I agree. I felt like I, I didn't do enough to um, get the win. And, you know, Daniel's a very uh, talented and, and, you know, he definitely deserved it. So, um, but also, I, I just I felt like I, I wasn't the best. You know, Daniel brought a, a very good game, and and you know he was the better fighter that night. But I feel like I can always better myself, and and you know, recently I made a, a lot of changes in the last couple of years, and I, I feel like um, you know I'm, I'm just going to bring out uh, the best best fighter in myself. And you know, I, I left my my original team in Illinois, and I, I found uh, the Black Zillions down in Boca Raton, and you know they're, they're pushing me really hard down here, and and you know I'm finding my my motivation, my drive again. You know, being in South Florida and, and, and training with this team, and yeah, I, I feel like uh, I made the right changes to uh, better my better myself for the future. Is is that the main change that you're talking of? Is is the change of camp to Black Zillions? Yeah, the change of camp, the change of uh, scenery. Um, you know, I cut a lot of people. You know, got, cut a lot of people out of my life to um, you know to get just get refocused and then kind of start fresh, start new, and yeah, I feel like that's what I need right now. Is that something that that has been uh, a key to your game? Is especially going forward? Is that sort of mental side of training? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's all mental. You have to put yourself in the right mindset. You have to be, be happy with the training, happy with with the way things are going, and just overall calm and relax until fight time. And and uh, I, I definitely found that again. Now you followed up your last fight, Emmanuel Sanchez, a unanimous decision victory. Um, coming out of that one, it, it was a decision victory, which I, I know you're not a huge fan of, of course. You don't ever want to leave it in the hands of the judges, but were you impressed with your performance out there? You know, I was, uh, I was happy to get the win um, just because of the situation I was going through. I, I, I was coming off of two losses, and uh, I put a lot of extra stress and pressure over my head um, just because I, I, I thought if I lost that fight, I, I didn't know where that was going to put me in my career. So I had a lot of um, a lot of a lot of nerves leading into that fight, but I, you know I did just enough to uh, you know get the victory. I wasn't really happy with my performance, but um, during what I was going through, I was I was happy that uh, I got the win. So you'll be fighting Georgie coming up, as we said. Um, another big name opponent, a guy who's held titles in other organizations. He's he's fought for quite a while, as have yourself. Um, what what do you see in Georgie that will bring out the best in you? You know, if I can get a win over Georgia, I feel that like, that puts me right back in line for another title fight. You know, he's a very tough opponent, and uh, you know, also has a lot of experience. He's very dangerous. So, 
um, with a win, I feel like I should be you know, close to next in line. Saying that you weren't impressed with your, your last performance, can, can we see an even better Pat Curran out here in this one? Absolutely. Like I said, the, the changes that I've made in my life are all to uh, better myself and, you know, to, to evolve as a fighter. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I made the right decision, but I feel really confident in, in the decisions I've made. And, you know, I'm looking to showcase that on, on May 20th. Now, your last fight was July 26th of 2015 against Emmanuel Sanchez. This one is May 20th, 2016. Ten months in between fights. Uh, what went on? Yeah, yeah, I suffered an injury, an MCL tear, which uh, took me out quite a bit. Um, and, and you know, I, that's something you don't want to rush. You can't rush. You know, you want to take your time and, and ease back into training. But you know, during that downtime, I, I had a lot of time to think and and just you know, I, I decided to make those decisions to uh, you know leave Illinois and. And find something, um, something new, something, something different, and uh, just a change, an overall change in, in training camp, change in scenery, and um, you know, I found myself back training with the uh, Black Giants. Um, this is an area that I'm very familiar with. I, I grew up in, in Boca Raton and Delray Beach, and you know, just being back home is, is, is helping out and putting me in the right mindset um, leading into this fight. Being with the sun and the beach and and all that other kind of stuff down in Florida. Um, how much more relaxing is it for you down there? Oh man, it's, it's night and day compared to um, compared to um, an, an Illinois. You know, it's, it's nice when you wake up in the morning and it's it's bright, it's sunny, it's warm to walk outside with you know no shoes and no shirt and just you know be comfortable. So uh, it, it's very relaxing. You know, I train hard in the gym, but then my downtime, you know, I have plenty to uh, occupy myself and, and keep thinking just. So hard to stay relaxed and comfortable. What is it that you like to do in, in your downtime when you like to relax and stuff like that? I mean, you can't be fighting and training all day long. There's got to be some sort of an outlet. No, uh, the beach is huge. You know, definitely like to go to the beach and, and just kind of, you know, lay around, jog around a little bit, do some shadow boxing, swimming. Uh, fishing is huge down here. I love the fish. So I'm, I'm starting to get back into that. And, you know, when, when there is... Um, good enough to surf. I, I love surfing. I love skimboarding and, and just being out on the water. Stand up paddleboarding, kayaking, all, all that fun stuff. Now, to ju- I don't. I didn't want to touch on this, but now that you're talking Black Zillions, your your Bellator family, Black Zillion family, Jordan Parsons, we lost a good one a couple weeks back, and uh, just touch yeah. on just touch on the the feelings and the atmosphere at the gym when when you guys found out what happened. I. Yeah, I found out on Monday, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, there's no way this, this happened. I, I just saw him on Friday. We, we got around a sparring game, and it's it one of those things that is just really, really hard to believe. Um, it, it definitely, obviously, uh, when an event like that happens, the environment changes, and, and you know, everyone obviously feels sad and, and everyone's down, but... Um, yeah, it was just a very, uh, very tragic event, and, and I really feel for uh, Jordan, Jordan's family, and and uh, everybody here that was close to him. Did you see in the news? I, I'm not sure you saw, but I saw this week that the guy that they found the guy that hit him, they arrested mm-hmm. him, and now he was released on bail. How much bullshit is that? 
I did not hear that he was released. I, last I heard, he was arrested, and uh, the comic comic's the right guy. But yeah, that, that is not fair at all. That, I, I don't even know how that's possible, but that's that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Big time. Okay, moving away from that subject, we'll move to brighter notes and, and just a couple more questions for you here. Now, as we said, 10 months between fights uh, coming up. You got this one May 20th. If you get the victory over Georgie, how soon of a turnaround would you like? I'm sure 2016 is is a year that you would like to get at least another fight in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to try to stay as active as possible. You know, I feel like I, I found the right right gym, the right training camp, and the right environment to be in. And, you know, I just want to want to keep this momentum going and, and, and keep a, uh, you know, a positive, positive, positive outlook on things. So, you know, if I'm feeling great and, and, and being here is really helping me out, I just want to, you know, capitalize on it and, and get the most out of it. So, um, but it all depends, you know, I think hopefully I come out of the fight injury free and I can get back into training in, in a week or two and, and, um, you know, talk to Bellator and line up another one. Now, when you were the champ, you you know you were a fairly active champion. You did very well as the champion, defending your belt twice. Um, what you, you said with the change of camp, uh, you've bettered yourself as a fighter. I mean, I don't see how you could get much better in comparison to those that year where you or the couple of years there where you were on a six fight winning streak. How much better can you get at the age that you are right now? I mean, I guess you get better, but um, you're evolving, you're changing. You know, people catch on to your uh, your fighting style and, and, and find holes in your game. And you know, I, I just I needed to make that change to kind of fix fix a few uh, things in my game and, and not not be as predictable as uh, I used to be. So, you know, I got to got to evolve as a fighter. That the sport is constantly changing, and and people are, are getting better. They're you know, the up and coming fighters are hungry and and you know want want to uh, you know make a name for themselves. So got to constantly evolve and, and, you know, stay one step ahead of everybody, or at least try to. Are there guys out there, I mean, as as a guy that's a veteran of the sport, you've been in it for so long now, are there still guys out there that are coming up that you see that, you know, not emulate their style, but you look at it and you're like, hey, I, I want to try doing that? You know, I'm not any guys in, in particular, but uh, I see a lot of, like, a lot of techniques, a lot of um, new kicks and, and strikes out there that um, I definitely like to play with and try to add to my game. You know, I like the spinning back heel kick. I know it's been around for a while, but, you know, the heel kick, spinning back heel kick, spinning back you know, wheelhouse kick, spinning back face elbows. Um, it's, that's stuff that I'm not really uh, used to or, or used to have in my arsenal, but, you know, that's, that's something I've been playing with and, you know, it's helping me, you know, evolve my, uh, my striking. Now, finally, you've fought a ton of guys. A who's who's list of guys here in your mixed martial arts career. If is there anyone out there in this day and age from any organization that you know you could get your hands on and get inside the cage and fight against that you haven't been able to that you would like to? Who is that? Oh man, that's that's hard to say. I can't I can't call call anybody out. I mean, there's there's a Especially in the, the featherweight division, it's a stat division, and you know there's a lot of talent, a lot of talent out there. There's been a lot of talent out there for a long time, and there's a lot of um, up and coming talent. But yeah, it, it's hard to hard to pick one uh, one guy out of that. He is Pat Curran. He takes on Georgie Caracanyan, Bellator 155, May 20th, 
on Spike TV. Pat, man, it's been a pleasure. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and any sponsors you have. Shout out to the floor is yours, man. Yeah, uh, first off, I'd like to thank um, F3 out in Texas uh, for helping me uh, get in shape and get ready. And then also the Black Millions um, here in Bo- um, Boca Raton. Um, you can find me on uh, on Instagram, uh, Pat Curran MMA, and, and also um, on uh, my fan page on Facebook. And that's it. Thanks for having me, guys. For sure, man. Good luck on the 20th. Thank you. This man is known as the Mexicutioner. He steps back inside the Bellator cage at Bellator 155 against Chase Gormley. Please welcome Joey Beltran to Sucker Radio. Joey, thanks for joining me, man. All right, man. Thanks for having me. For sure. Now, a question right off the bat. You've fought a number of fights for Bellator already. Your last fight actually was for C3 Fights, where you fought in the main event against Lamont Stafford. Explain the reasoning behind fighting for another organization. You obviously weren't cut from Bellator. You just wanted to get another fight, or what? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I had uh, such a bad taste in my mouth after that Kendall Grove fight. You know, not taking anything away from Kendall, he did an awesome job. I just feel like I, uh, you know, I made one. You make one mistake, and that's all it takes at at the highest level, and. You know, so basically, I just I just wanted a redo. I just wanted a reset, just something. And, you know, that's uh, you know that's not possible in life. So the next best thing is get back on the horse as quick as possible, get in get in there, get a win, and get and get the uh, get the ship headed back in the right direction. For sure. Now, and uh, Bellator Bellator said they would not be able to use me until uh, early early this year, which we're now in 2016. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, I did not want to wait. And they were cool about it. You know, I have a good working relationship with Rich Chow. And, you know, obviously, I'm, I don't want to think about what the results would have been had I gone out there and lost. But I did it. I went out there, got the first round finish. And, uh, like I said, made a little Christmas money, got the ship corrected, and uh, here we are. <laughs> nice. Now, yeah, you said you had a bitter taste in your mouth. But this fight... You you wound up winning in first round TKO against a guy that was riding a six fight winning streak. So obviously that puts you back on the path and in the win column. But mentally, what did it do for you to to get this victory over a guy that was on a win streak? You know, it's just mentally like let, let me know like no, you know, like I I respect I respect anybody that has the ball to get in the cage and fight, but. It was for me. It was mentally like, yes, Joey. Like you belong at this level. Like here's somebody who is coming off six fight, six, six knockout, six six fight knockout win streak. You know he's on the cusp of he wants to be at the level that you're at, and, and it's time for you to go out there and show him that no, you're <laughs> you're not yet. Not that you won't be, but you're not yet. You're not going to take my spot. And and I had uh, you know go out there and dominate and and finish. You know, to go out there and win or, or even go out there and finish in the second round, you know, to me, it just was not acceptable. I, I, I went out there and, and, and smashed and, and got out of there and mission accomplished. It was, more, it was more of a mental training exercise than an actual physical fight, for yeah. me at least. Yeah, now, and, um, you know. Now, mentally speaking, yeah. I mean, your, your, your career overall for the past few years has been a bit of a roller coaster. 
obviously the mental game has to be a huge aspect of your game because of the way your career has sort of floated around the last couple of years. Yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's rough, you know, but you can look at, you can take a negative. You can, I can be, I could find a lot of, a lot of, um, ways to be extremely negative about my career if I wanted to, or I could choose a lot of things to be extremely positive about my career. You know, the fights that I'm losing, A, you know, I'm not losing at C3. I'm not losing at, at, at regional shows. You know, I'm losing at the highest level on TV, like, you know, like uh, upper echelon people like Kendall Grove, Emmanuel Newton, fucking Rampage Jackson, like, God, like, you know, and I'm still beating high-level guys, you know, like, it's just, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it, it, it does take its toll mentally, but, you know, I choose to look at it in a positive light. You know, the fights that I have lost, I'm losing because of, uh, you know, mistakes, small mistakes that I'm making. I deviate from the game plan or I let my hands drop for a moment. You know, I'm still waiting for that fight where I just completely get outclassed and just get my ass whooped. Maybe if I had, if that happened to me, then I would quit. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be like, all right, Joey. It, it, you've had about enough, but I'm competitive. I'm, I'm competitive in all these fights. I'm put obviously putting on entertaining fights. They keep putting me on their posters and putting me on TV. So I mean, obviously I'm doing something okay. And uh, you know, so it is. Uh, it definitely has take. It can take its toll. But I, I'm, you know, I don't know anybody else that can handle it. So that's good because I'm extremely, extremely mentally tough. So yeah, man, and, and you obviously yeah. most guys that fight in the sport have to be mentally tough. That's that's sort of a given. Um, but you spoke about if you were ever completely, you know, over battled in a in a cage, you, you would think about quitting. There has been no point, even in that 2012, 2013 run where you were on the the four fight losing skid, that quitting came to mind. No, man. I was like, who is that? Who is that? Like, Jesus. I, 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 LeVar Johnson, who I lost to Stipe, and I, after watching this, I like, so many things. Here's the other thing, too. It's like, and nobody, and that's the funny thing, is nobody cares about what's going on in your personal life. And any fighter will tell you. Like, nobody, nobody cares a shit about what goes on behind the scenes. But I've, I've, I've grown up in so many other ways and gone through so many other trials and tribulations in my personal life at the same time as fighting professionally for the UFC and for Bellator. And, and, and like I said, nobody fucking cares, but I know what I was going through at the time. And the fact that I was able to even go out there and, and somehow pull it together on fight night and still like not completely have my life turn into a shit show to where I am the mentally strong mentally stable my family still loves me my wife loves me i you know i fucking have my taxes paid i have all these good things going on in my life you know and it was it was rough it was a rough ride but i i just i just know like no i like i knew that i could weather the storm and um i find that interesting that you say that that nobody cares because yeah, there's obviously the media that ask you the questions, the cookie cutter questions. How's this camp going? How do you feel ahead of this fight? But, you know, to get deep down inside of a fighter and find out how the personal life things are going is something that 
a lot of people should be going for because, you know, that's sort of something that's a lot more interesting to fans out there. I, I personally, you know, I'm going to ask you, obviously, what you feel about Chase Gormley, but personally, I'd rather know more about mentally and your personal side of things. I, I find that much more interesting and uh, getting to know who you're going to be coming into the cage rather than what you're doing to come into the cage. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, I've, been, I've, I've, I've talked about it a couple of different times in a couple of different interviews, and I'll just say this, you know, like, out of respect for my family, out of respect for my wife, and, you know, like, I'm, I won't go too much into too many details. If maybe one day I'll write a book, but I doubt it. I don't have that much time on my hands. I'm a busy guy. But, you know, there's definitely was uh, some dark days and dark times with, uh, you know, everything from drugs and alcohol. And, you know, I, I was able to fight it off. And, uh, you know, I feel like now I'm uh, the best mentally, physically, spiritually. And not just saying that. And not just for six weeks for the training camp. Like, I'm going on, like, solid pushing pushing about a year, like, where I fucking have done, been doing walking the right path and uh, being, uh, being uh, not only, like, uh, not not only applying the work ethic in, in the gym, but applying the work, same work ethic, work, same due diligence in my family life and being a good husband and being a good father and being a good uncle, a good son and everything, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. That's a fucking, so I think, uh, it's, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time on May 20th. I know that much. Well, it always is when you enter the cage, man. And, and the question that I have, Chase Gormley, normally fights at heavyweight. You're a light heavyweight. You fought at middleweight. I'm, I'm sure you're back up to, light heavyweight after those few bouts. Um, is this Chase Gormley's first fight at light heavyweight, or are you moving up to heavyweight? Uh, I'm going back to my original weight class, heavyweight. Nice. But I mean, like, honestly, like, I look at it like this. If uh, if I was walking in the, you know, walking to the grocery store parking lot with my wife and my kids and some big two six-foot-four, 270-pound white dude with a goatee, you know, push one of my kids or disrespecting my wife, I'm not going to stop and go, hey, how much do you weigh? All right, you're too heavy. We can't fight. Like, <laughs> no, I'm going to, we're going to fucking fight. And so now you're telling me I got a few months to prepare. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that challenge. I've, I've fought at the highest level, you know, it's, Gracie Black Belts at heavyweight, you know, K1, K1 strikers at heavyweight, ex-NFL football players at heavyweight, you know, world title challengers at heavyweight. Like, it's not a big deal to me. For sure. Now, is Chase Gormley a guy that you know much about? Is he a guy that's ever been on your radar, or is he just going to be a stepping stone to possibly, you know, the Bellator title at, at, at a future time? No, man, I mean, Chase... Chase Gormley is nobody's stepping stone. I, I do know him uh, pretty well. We, we trained together more than a few times uh, at Rain Training Center, Mark Munoz's gym, a couple years ago. Uh, we both wrestled for you know in California. I think we both graduated year two thousand. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I knew who he was back then. So it's kind of funny that we're 
we're fighting now. No kidding. Um, now I have to ask. Obviously, you're uh, you're aligned with Alliance. Uh, one of your Alliance members, Phil Davis, is fighting this weekend. Uh, how do you see him? He's definitely excited in his uh, two Bellator performances compared to what he did in the UFC. I mean, he's top of the notch talent in the UFC. A lot of people called him boring in there. I myself didn't think so, but he's finishing his opponent in be- opponents in Bellator. How do you see his fight going down with King Mo? I'm very interested in that fight. I mean, from a pure fan, um, yeah, from a pure fan aspect, like perspective, it's. I mean, we couldn't ask for anything more. You have two world class wrestler grapplers, um, you know, and. and Whatchamacallit, King Mo has does definitely has knockout power in his hands. Phil Davis has a very a very slick, underrated uh, striking style with, with his kicks and his long range punches. So I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be like a chess match, man. It's gonna be literally it's it's the best fight that Bellator could put on at this point in time. Like hands down. Like as far as like name recognition what they've done in their career, where they're at right now in this career. They're not old. They're both peaking. They're both coming off of winning multiple fights in the same night. <laughs> like, who does that shit? Those guys do. So <laughs> it's exciting, man. I'm, I'm pretty, really, pretty pumped to watch it. Do you train with the guys at Alliance? Is that your main training center? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I train wherever I need to go to train. <laughs> Give me... You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean Alliance Alliance will always be my home my home base. Uh me and Phil definitely got more than a few rounds in this training camps. Um, you know, Del Fiero is uh, somebody I still turn to on a you know, almost daily basis from everything from fighting to life in general, you know. He's a good friend and a and a great coach. So I mean, yeah, those are still that's still my family. Just a couple more things for you here before I let you go. You you said that you've moved up to your your original weight class heavyweight for this bout. Is is that where you're going to stay for the remainder of your career, or, or does it matter? I mean, at this point, you're just going to take the fights that make sense for you. Yeah, I don't want to say that I would never go to 185. So if they said I'll pay you five hundred thousand dollars to go fight Rafael Carvalho, I'm like I'll do that. Yeah. Fuck yeah! <laughs> you know, like King Mo says, I'm, like King Mo says, I'm a money weight fighter, and I, I, you know, I'm definitely, you know, like just cutting weight just just takes a lot of time. Not it's not so hard like physically, but it just takes it's very time consuming. At least for me, it is like, um, it's just very time consuming with the with the meal prepping interview. With the uh, meal prepping and and you know eating every three hours, and then on top of that, the extra cardio that that has to be done to you know to drop the weight, you know, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Definitely, man. Now, May twentieth, stepping back inside the cage, as we said, Chase Gormley, heavyweight, Bellator one fifty five. How do you see this fight going down? You are definitely a knockout monster. How do you, you you said you've known Chase for quite a while. How do you see the fight playing out? This is the way we're going to end the interview. Get the fans hyped, man. You know, I uh 
I think that uh, I'm going to have the, the necessary speed and the necessary skills and the fight IQ to uh, finish this fight in the first round. I think it's going to be great. I think that I'm going to come out and push the pace um, and just not give Chase the opportunity to recover. He has shown in his past fights that uh, even if he gets tired in the first round, he recovers in the second and comes back strong in the third. I don't want him in, I'm not going to let him make it to the third. I see myself taking him out, uh, knocking him out at the end of the first round. He is Joey Beltran. He takes on Chase Gormley May 20th. Bellator 155 live on Spike TV. Joey, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, just let people know where they can find you in the social media universe and any sponsors you want to give shout-outs to. Yeah, man, you, know, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not really on it that much, but I still have a Twitter address and whatever. At Executioner760. Uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram, though. The real Mexicutioner, if somebody else is at Mexicutioner760, so I'm the real Mexicutioner. <laughs> and on Facebook under Joey Beltran. And uh, thank you and shout out to my sponsor, Monster Energy. You guys are the best. Uh, my boy, Hans Mollenkamp, always taking care of me, and Triumph United. Awesome, Joey. Good luck on the 20th, man. Can't wait to see you back in the cage. Oh, yeah. Thank you. There you have it. Three interviews from Bellator 155 fighters. Thank you to Rafael Carvalho, to Pat Curran, as well as Joey Beltran. Now, we got a lot out of those guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. And I'd like to thank the fellas over at Bellator for helping me line up those interviews with those three fantastic fighters. Look forward to seeing them all return to the cage at Bellator 155 in just over a week's time. That about does it for this episode of Sucker Radio. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you like MMA Sucker on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Sucker. Follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucker. You can follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Make sure you subscribe to us over at iTunes. Rate, comment on us. You know, if you don't like the show, let us know. Just tell me what to do better because I am always over there looking and reading the comments and the ratings and and finding out what the show could do to make you want to listen even more. Make sure you do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is about it. My guest last week, actually, you know what, before I let you go, my guest last week, Mike Jasper, showed up at Ellis Mania 12. If you haven't seen the Ellis Mania 12 highlight video I made, check out MMA Suck on YouTube, and uh, it's up there. It's absolutely a riot. It went down at the Imperial Theater in Vancouver, and it was ecstatic fans were tightly squeezed in there they were watching the action blindfold fights whipping uh musical chairs the hockey fight on rollerblades it was bloody awesome had a fantastic time and mike jasper showed up he was our guest last week showed up to the event and what happened at battlefield fight league last week he won by knockout on that same night so he walked in with a huge crowd Jason Ellis announced, here's Mike Jasper, he won by knockout, <laughs> the crowd erupted, it was pretty rad. So congratulations to Mike Jasper, looks like he'll be getting a title shot against Ryan Janes inside the Battlefield Fight League cage uh, in the coming months. That does it for this week's episode of Sucker Radio, make sure you check us out again next week, we'll have another fantastic episode, not sure who's lined up yet, keep your ears peeled. 
because we'll be back. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.